Welcome to a sunny and hot mid-September in Lisbon. I'm sitting here on a sofa in the lobby, observing people from all over the world, sipping on their coffee or tea, little gatherings, engaged in intense coffee break discussions. In this marble-coated lobby, the air conditioning is stopping the heat from sneaking in, but the temperature seems high anyway. The reason is the General Assembly Conference, held by the Association of European Celiac Societies, the AOECS. Intense debates, voting sessions and panel discussions are taking place here over the course of two days. What is being discussed is celiac disease and its influence on the daily lives of people suffering from this lifelong autoimmune condition. This is the 34th time they meet, and this year, in September 2022, over 100 delegates from 30 national celiac societies meet to discuss how to make life better for celiacs in Europe and beyond. This year, it's the Portuguese Celiac Society who hosts the event. I'm Jesper Lindström, and uh, I'm from Sweden. I have two teenage daughters with celiac disease. And I'm curious about how life is for celiacs outside Sweden. For this reason, I have traveled to Lisbon to meet celiacs from other countries and learn more about the living conditions and challenges for them in their part of the world. Join me in listening to their voices and learn more about what celiac life is like in their part of the world. My name is Tina Tockenberger, I live in Switzerland. The general conditions are not too bad, but um, there are no financial supports from the government at the moment. Um, the, they stopped it um, uh, beginning this year. There were before for children till the age of 20, but now it's, it's absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, we're fighting for it, but um, with, with the products and all that, I think it's, it's at a good stage, but it could improve. What's the greatest challenge for celiacs in Switzerland today? Yeah, I think the greatest challenge is going out, eating out. Um, that's really a problem. And for um, families with a low income, it's, it's really the, the cost of the products, which, which is really challenging. And um, everything in school, school meals, um, daycare me- um, so, uh, structures, that's that's a really problem. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tina. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Ekaterina and I live in Minsk in Belarus. I have celiac disease myself since 2013. In general, life as a celiac today in Belarus is quite good, but still because of sanctions we, ha- we have a lack of uh, products which are gluten-free and produced in European Union. And we, are, we would like to have them back in Belarus. But on the other hand, we start, uh, local manufacturers start to be active uh, on the stage. And it means for us good as well that the local products are available. But as they don't possess the cross-grained symbol, we do not trust them 100%. Another good advantage for kids and preschools and schools is that we do have gluten-free menu at schools. So I would say it is thankful to cooperation of our Belarusian Celiac Society with our ACS 
and especially with Swedish Celiac Society who pro provides us in 2018 with brochures for kindergarten and schools and we have successfully translated them into Russian and provide to pediatrician and uh, in the regions especially and to kindergarten and schools and now all children around the country receive gluten-free menu. It's our big success. Thank you very much. Thank you for the interview. <laughs>
I would I would say that yes, because in in most of the bigger towns you have uh, good supermarkets where you can go and you have either special shelves for gluten free or you have the gluten free products already, like pasta and there you can see separately gluten free pasta. That depends uh, varies on the store, mm-hmm. but uh, eating out is something where we still um, uh, advise our members and uh, social media followers to uh, ask. Uh, make sure that they tell that they need gluten-free diet and uh, ask about cross-contamination. That's that's the key question we need to speak. Thank you very much. I'm Elpida, I'm from Greece. And I'm Anna, and I'm also from Greece. Uh, life for celiacs in Greece is much better than it was. Uh, I'm a celiac since I was uh, one year old, so I'm not going to say. I'm much bigger than one right now Uh, so in all these years life is much better we have uh, some new venues that we can eat out we have a lot of products so it's much better than it was but we still have some problems to solve yeah we're still a small community so we're trying to make steps and the AOACS to help us make steps for the venues and for the products and to arrange to, to schedule new projects that will help especially the youths, that it's really important for them to socialize with other members of their societies. Uh, will you find gluten-free products in every supermarket in Greece? Yes, not a very big variety, but you can find some products. And not only in mainland, but also in the islands now. Not a great variety, but still you can find flour or bread or the basic products. And yes. some islands much more, because they have a lot of tourists. So they have also a lot of product. So if you want to go out and eat uh, in uh, in Greece, is it safe and can you find venues? You cannot find certified venues, but uh, our cuisine is a little bit friendly for celiacs. So you can ask for specific recipes for specific things and you can be as safe as you can when you eat out of your house. So what's the biggest challenge for celiac persons in Greece today? Eating out. (laughs) I agree, totally. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, you're welcome. I'm uh, Susanna Neuholder and I'm living in Italy. So how is general life for a celiac in Italy today? I think uh, it's a good life because, you know, in Italy we have uh, obtained uh, from the 80s uh, a very good uh, health system to assist celiacs. Uh, In fact, we have uh, uh, funds. They receive every month uh, a check with which they can buy uh, gluten-free products. It's around uh, 100 euros per month. And then we have also funds from the government to train uh, doctors but also restaurants and we also have uh, a law that uh, established that in every public canteen so hospitals schools uh, etc you can uh, you must have uh, uh, you have the right to have uh, a gluten-free menu if you are celiac so i think situation in italy is very is very good uh, as all over the world uh, Gluten-free foods cost a lot more than the conventional one, around 10 times. 
but of course, uh, thanks to these subsidies from the government, uh, it is affordable, yeah. So this is not a problem for the moment. What's the greatest challenge for celiacs in Italy? The challenge is to maintain this system because you know money is taken uh, from the, the health system uh, so there is a, uh, always less money to finance uh, the, the health care system so the challenge is to protect and to maintain the system so we are working very hard uh, for this reason and also the, the big problem in Italy is also about diagnosis because you know we have uh, around uh, 250,000 celiacs diagnosed but we are waiting for 600,000 so we have so many celiacs now that uh, possibly are experiencing bad uh, bad quality of life and they have not still reached a diagnosis so we are working hard to to help people to get uh, quickly to a diagnosis thank you susanna thank you dear <laughs> My name is Tuna Niewold and I'm from Norway. I think overall uh, celiac persons are having good lives, but uh, there are of course many challenges, uh, especially if you are uh, traveling. It's difficult to find food on the road. There's also difficult in social settings, eating out. There are of course challenges, but uh, overall we are in a good way, I think. If you go out and eat on a restaurant, can you be confident that people know what celiac disease is? No, that's very difficult. You have to ask and you have to tell them that you can't, you can't have gluten and that you are a celiac. So it's always good to ask and always good to tell them that it's not just that you prefer gluten-free, you need it. What are the biggest challenges for celiac persons in Norway? I think the prices on food are increasing and um, if you are struggling, you are struggling even more if you, with the prices on celiac food. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> My name is Azza and uh, I come from Jordan. It's not easy, it's very challenging, but I'm hopeful because it's getting better. We are working on um, educating uh, restaurants, uh, workers uh, in the food industry to minimize cross-contamination and to, to teach them how to prepare gluten-free options. So it's, we're not uh, where we want to be, but we are working on it. It's very difficult uh, for celiac patients to manage uh, their living because it's very expensive. We are working with the importers to import new uh, gluten-free uh, products. We have many celiac patients in Jordan. It's more than 20, uh, 250 million, uh, thousand, uh, it's a quarter of a million. 250,000? Yes, okay. Okay. celiac. Uh, most of them have celiac and diabetes also. Mm. They cannot reach places to buy these gluten-free items, either because they don't have the money or it's very far from where they live. Everything in capital is available, but the, the government outside the capital, uh, they are very far, they do not have. We have the army, they support us. They give us the transportation to go to these governments for free. They have uh, 
three sessions on TV to educate people uh, awareness uh, about uh, celiac. They support us in the army uh, laboratories. They test the gluten-free, which we um, have uh, consciousness if it's uh, safe or not, for free. They test it for free. This is, yes, this is the army. They support us. This is the first governmental body in Jordan who support us in Jordan. And I would like to thank the AOCS to accept our affiliation because this can uh, give us support. We are a strong society with the you're affiliated. So thank you so much. Uh, my name is Vesna Pakov. I'm from Serbia. What are the biggest difficulties for a celiac person in Serbia today? Not uh, good understanding from the society, but it is better now than uh, many years uh, before. And uh, we still have not good understanding from the producer because they think it's easy to produce uh, gluten-free food and they put claim that something is gluten-free which is not uh, for sure gluten-free and the prices of the products which are very expensive and uh, diagnostic mm -hmm. <laughs> not so well and not so quick we still uh, face the uh, name of the, the, the many years before you've been diagnosed mm. by celiac disease so the knowledge within the healthcare system about celiac disease is low it's not uh, on high level. Many of them, I'm speaking about general practitioners, doesn't know what uh, is celiac disease, how long it takes, does it long life or uh, it will pass. But the good thing, they are willing to learn to hear about uh, everything about celiac disease. That's a good thing. So how is it when you go out to eat at a restaurant in Serbia? Is it safe for celiac people? We have uh, a lot of restaurants that claim they are gluten-free, but uh, we don't recommend it. What we can recommend, it's only one restaurant in whole Belgrade that we are sure it's gluten-free, so it is not easy to go out. They know a lot about, uh, about uh, celiac disease, uh, gluten-free diet, but still they need to learn about standards in, in the caterers. Thank you, Vesna. Thank you. Marilyn Geller, the United States. Uh, how is life for celiacs in the U.S.? It can be good and it can be hard. So the U.S. government does not provide any support for people with celiac disease. It is up to them to find their own support. But the gluten-free products are very plentiful in our grocery stores and they're plentiful on our restaurant menus except that there is the risk of cross-contact because there is no certification for restaurants. A lot of restaurants will tell you that they have gluten-free items. They'll put uh, you know, marks on the restaurant menus that the items are gluten-free, but they have not been trained in the preparation of gluten-free. So while it may not have gluten-containing ingredients, there's no training for the kitchens or the staff on how to prepare or handle gluten-free products. So there's a very, very big risk of cross-contact. We still believe maybe 70% of people in the U.S. are no longer are not diagnosed. Most people in America who are gluten-free are not doing it for medical reasons. They're doing it because the athletes and the celebrities say you should be gluten-free. There is no support even at the state level. 
Although for the first time in 2021, our National Institutes of Health were compelled by our Congress to put money for celiac disease research. So up until that point, there were no dedicated dollars. In 2021, there was $9 million and the number is now going to grow. So that is a big first. And so for the government to recognize for research dollars, then the private industry will start to see celiac disease taken more seriously, and we expect the awareness and more interest in it to grow. Um, our organization, the Celiac Disease Foundation, in 2018, I was invited to speak before our Congress about the need for research dollars. And so that spurred interest. Uh, we were very fortunate that the woman who chaired the committee, one of her good friends, who is a congressperson, a very powerful congressperson named Betty McCollum, has celiac disease. So between the two, suddenly there was interest, and now we have a celiac disease caucus, and we have the research dollars. What are the biggest challenges for a celiac person in the U.S. today? So we have a culture where we eat out. People don't prepare their foods, uh, they don't go home for lunch, you know, they eat their meals out. And so because there is no restaurant certification or training, that's the most difficult piece. What people have to understand is the size of the United States. Uh, the California, where we are headquartered, the single state in the United States, is bigger than Italy. So when we look at the size of the United States, trying to standardize restaurant training, even in a single state, can be overwhelming, particularly since there's no federal regulation. Thank you very much, Martin, and it's nice to have you here in Europe. It is wonderful to be here, and I am just so pleased to see uh, what the AOECS and the Gluten-Free Alliance is doing. It's very encouraging and a good model for us. I'm living in Luxembourg, and my name is Annette uh, Schneider-Wouter. I'm Dutch, but I have two nationalities. Uh, Luxembourg is a very international country, and it's very tiny, and the products come really from all over the world. For celiacs, it makes it very difficult because they have to read ingredients. And every country has a bit different politics about labeling, uh, where it's written and how it's done, so it, it's not easy. So finding gluten-free food in supermarkets in Luxembourg can be a challenge? It can, yes, it is, yes, okay. it is. But what about uh, going out to eat at a restaurant? Can you eat safely and find restaurants with the gluten-free offer? Well, it, it's improved since the allergen declaration is compulsory, so that's, uh, of course, a big step forward. But uh, it's not done very well. It still has to be uh, got, uh, get into routine for the restaurants to make this um, uh, allergen list mm -hmm. and update them because that's again that's they change the menu, but they forget about updating the allergen list for the new menu. So that's kind of, uh, I think, it, it needs more time to, to get used to it. And then a big issue is the cross-contamination, of course. But I think that's not different from other countries. We have not the official audit uh, eating out system, so that's a bit pity, but it's a small country. I think there are others in Europe where there is not an official auditing for eating out. So I think th the worst is the doctors. Probably it's cultural. The doctors are really uh, a closed group in our country. They are difficult to approach, so it's more tough to get the diagnostics. So what are the biggest challenges for a celiac person in Luxembourg today? 
I think the biggest challenge is, is uh, eating healthy. But that's again, that's I think that's a bit uh, on the same level as everybody, young people. They have spent less, less time in the kitchen and they tend to buy um, prepared food, uh, uh, prepackaged food. And I, I think that for Celix is definitely also a big challenge. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Natasha Forstner-Koleszek, I'm from Slovenia. How is life for celiacs in Slovenia in general, you would say? Uh, very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was always expensive, but now it's especially expensive. Um, we don't have any uh, money from the government that would ease the people to buy gluten-free foods and that hurts us at the society the most because many people cannot afford and they don't uh, have a proper gluten-free diet which is really important as we know for our health uh, on the long run and uh, they just can't afford it. What are the biggest challenges for celiacs in Slovenia today you would say? First, uh, uh, prices that are too high and also the variety of restaurants that you cannot if you go to a city you, there is usually not a restaurant that you could eat and you have to carry your own food we would like to have uh, a restaurant uh, in every city or everywhere you go so you can afford a proper safe gluten-free meal and support from the government money-wise because the products are really expensive that would be amazing Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Aisha. I live in England. Uh, how is the situation for celiac persons in England right now? So, really good question. I think the provision is moving forward there's a lot more that there was a couple years back but I think there's still a lot more to go Um, thankfully we've now found really good alternatives to some really good staple food so for example in England Pringles are quite a popular type of crisp and now Shah have um, come out with Kirby's which are a very very good alternative and you can go into nearly any supermarket and you'll find an aisle which is the free from section where you can grab things to go for the day um, or you could do your weekly shopping eating out slightly trickier because you kind of want people to have an awareness of celiac and the gluten-free diet um, which is sometimes a hit and miss but the gluten-free accreditation um, that celiac uk run is really helpful so i tend to go to those restaurants instead so for example pizza express which is a chain restaurant is gluten-free accredited um, and it just makes life a lot easier but we are currently trying to get more and more restaurants recruited so that they can also become gluten-free accredited Have you ever been gluten poisoned when you're eating out? Thankfully not. I've managed to stop it any time I have. So I tend to ask lots of questions, even though it seems like it's the it's the wrong thing to do. I tend to ask lots because you never know. Thank you very much, Aisha. Thank you so much. Thanks. After these two intense days of interviewing people from all over Europe and also from outside of Europe, a few things have become clearer to me. General life for celiacs in most countries are pretty okay nowadays. 
It has become much better compared to how it was some years ago at least. Food can generally be found in supermarkets all over Europe. Albeit, in some countries it is harder to find food in remote parts of the land. The greatest challenge Silex face in Europe seems to be the prices for gluten-free food in supermarkets. It was mentioned that in some countries the cost can be up to 10 times the cost of regular food. I suddenly feel lucky from my Swedish perspective where the cost is only two or three times higher. Another challenge frequently mentioned is eating out of your home. It's possible to go out and eat at a restaurant in most countries, but it is often at your own risk and it is not always easy to assess how big the risk is of being gluten poisoned. Some countries have come further than others, like Italy or the UK. All in all, we seem to have more similarities than differences between our countries. And it feels somewhat reassuring that people all over the world are working hard to break down the challenges facing celiacs. It seems as if the collective work has made a difference, even though much is still left to do. This podcast was produced in November 2022 for AOECS by Jesper at Bold Buddha Production. The music you heard in the podcast was Waiting Room and Toward Horizon by Lilo Sound and Brothers Unite by Alexander Nakarada. <laughs>